following radio programs are original broadcasts. While enhancements have been made to the audio for clarity and listener enjoyment, no other edits or modifications have been made. The listener may hear advertisements and notices for tobacco products, alcohol, food, and or services that may no longer be available, nor are they endorsed by whose blind life is it anyway. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Arts, the afternoon radio theater Sunday. And I call it Sunday because I like to fix it up like a Sunday mix and match and then top it off with something special. Uh, with like the whipped cream and the cherry. And so I hope I've done that this time. And uh, you don't have to worry about the nuts because uh, my IT guy, Victor, and I are the nuts. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't say uh, maybe a cashew. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a nut. <laughs> true that. Okay, that's true. Uh, I love cashews, by the way. Oh, do you? Yes. Oh. Peanuts, too. Oh, well, I, I would like to think you do. What about walnuts? And pistachios. I love black walnuts, but I don't like English walnuts. Wait, what's the difference? Um, English walnuts are kind of bitter. Really? Um, black walnuts have a taste I can't really describe. It's... I mean, I, I get really dry mouth with walnuts. Mm. And and the worst part is Annabelle likes to put it in her bread pudding a lot. Mm. I, I, I leave nuts out of stuff like that usually. Do you? Because, oh. well, some, I'm not big on pecans or walnuts. Uh -huh. But now if black walnuts, yes. But uh if you put cashews in it or peanuts in it or pistachios, I'm ready to go. Understandable. Sure. <laughs> I love pistachio. So, Annabelle, make me some bread pudding with some pistachios or cashews and, or almonds. or And we'll FedEx it straight to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean I can't come and visit and get it? Well, you can, but it's kind of expensive. That's one hell of an expensive bread pudding. Oh, well, yeah, but I'd have good company. True. That's very true. Yep. And you get to see the sight. I mean, Annabelle likes me. You sort of like me, and Aaliyah <laughs> likes me. She spoke to me last night, so. <laughs> did she really? Well, oh, that's true, yeah. yeah well, you said she did. She did. She did. Um. But anyway, I kind of lost my train of thought. But anyway, we hope that uh, you like what you hear. And if you do like what you hear, um, subscribe to the podcasts on YouTube or uh, anywhere else you like to, sub to do podcasts. Or there's always Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Victor on Twitter is... Who's blind no. or blind who's? I'm sorry, blind who's <laughs> B L I N D W H O S E. See, I mess up and it's all his fault. Yes, it is. I, uh, I confabulate you. 
there you go. <laughs> uh, and um, on Twitter, I am Moni60. That's M-O-N-N-I-6-0. So um, you can get us there on Facebook. I'm simply Monica Jones. Um, Victor, he's <laughs> whose blind life is it anyway? <laughs> That's so, true. That's so, very true. so anyway subscribe hit the notifications bar um and um also uh leave comments for me on uh, the things that i share because uh that'll help me figure out what you want to hear and i try to put some unique stuff in there that uh doesn't go out every day like today this first thing that i've got going it's a it's a western show and it's called all-star western theater um i forgot what's the name of the episode i picked out way down yonder in the indian nation oh yeah that's what it was no way down yonder in the indian nation and and what this is this is a I kind of a group of musicians and they get on there and they play a little bit of music and then they they do a little uh western play speaking of which i i just i just watched one of my all-time favorite movies blazing saddles which was released with description <laughs> and that was a real blast from the past i love that movie yeah <laughs> you might have to share it i may have to i may <laughs> uh and don't forget to get your book yes yeah. mm -hmm. um but any do that anyhow i guess we can start the show comes your all-star western fit, starring America's great western singers, Boy Willing and the Riders of the Purple Sage, and a story of the West written especially for them entitled, Way Down Yonder in the Indian Nation. My name is Cottonseed Clark, and here are the Riders of the Purple Sage. Way down yonder in the Indian Nation, rode my pony on a reservation in the Oklahoma Hills, I was born. Way down yonder in the Indian nation, the cowboy's life is my occupation, in the Oklahoma hills where I was born. Many months have come and gone since I wandered from my home, in the Oklahoma hills where I was born. No page of life has turned and a lesson I have learned, in the Oklahoma hills I still belong. Way down yonder in the Indian nation, I rode my pony on a reservation in the Oklahoma hills where I was born. Way down yonder in the Indian nation, the cowboy's life is my occupation in the Oklahoma hills where I was
And now let's join your favorite men of the musical West in today's all-star Western theater story entitled Way Down Yonder in the Indian Nation. Starring Foy Willing, Al Floy, and Jimmy Dean, the Riders of the Purple Sage. Featured with our singing stars in this epic of Oklahoma is Miss Helen Gerald as Nathanee, the Indian maid, Eddie Fields as Chief Running Water, Harry Lang as Cecil B. DeSampson, and radio's young up-and-coming comedian and banjoist extraordinary, Ken Card. This is the modern-day story of a small band of Western radio entertainers who travel throughout the country making personal appearances. Our story opens in the local auditorium of Broken Elbow, Oklahoma, where the boys are concluding their evening performance before a large crowd of admirers. There That's right. Well, uh, did you go alone? No, I took my wife and mother-in-law. Your mother-in-law? Yeah, I had to take her. with her motorcycle. <laughs> you know, we had quite a lot of trouble getting out of broken elbow. We came up to one of these stop signals. My motor stopped. Light went red, green, yellow, red, and green. Pretty soon an officer came over. I said, what's the matter? I said, well, I haven't seen any colors I like yet. <laughs> we, <laughs> we... We finally got out of town. 
My mother-in-law said, how about letting me drive? All right. Said it's all right with me. She didn't drive over five minutes. She run to a great big truck. <laughs> truck driver got out. And he came over. He said, what's the matter with you? Can't you see where you're going? He said, well, I hit you tonight. know it made him kind of mad he got into a little argument with my mother-in-law pretty soon he said something to her she didn't like she jumped off that motorcycle throwed a hard ride at him then we helped her back in the sidecar (laughs) my wife looked at me she said i think we better take mom to a hospital she fainted i got on the motorcycle Going down the road about 40 miles an hour. I looked over into the sidecar, see how she was getting along. There she was, her eyes wide open, her face red as a beat. I said, Ma, the way you're perspiring, anybody think you were running? She says, I am. The bottom all this thing 10 minutes ago. And now, friends, I'd like to play about a half a block of the 12th Street Rags. Good night. Pull the curtain, Mike. That's it. Boy, we sure did knock him over. I sure did. Now, tell your friend you ain't allowed back today. But I summoned you to write us the proper thing. I'm Cecil B. Simpson, uh, Secretary of the Broken Apple Chamber of Commerce. It's a matter of life and death, Mr. Kyle. Community. What's going on over there, Hank? Man says he's got to see you, Mr. Willing. All right, let him through. All right. What am I in an uproar about? Uh, maybe he wants his money back. Oh, no. Mr. Willing, my name is Simpson. I'm Secretary of the Broken Arrow Chamber of Commerce. Glad to know you, Mr. Simpson. This is Al Floyd and Jimmy Dean. How is your uh, Mr. Wing, the most amazing thing has happened. What do you mean? After almost 50 years, Chief Running Water is showing signs of peace. You don't say. I do say. Isn't it wonderful? Oh, it's Slum Ducky. <laughs> now look, Mr. Simpson. Just who is Chief Running Water? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, of course. You boys are strangers here. You see, just east of town is a tribe of wild Indians. A tribe of what? Wild Indians. Look, Mr. Simpson, maybe you've been working a little too hard here lately. Your mind is just a shade mossy. 
Oh, oh, I know it's hard for you boys to believe, but nevertheless it's true. As a rule, we try to keep their presence among us a secret from the outside world. But the no-watching Indians have been a threat to peace and security, a broken elbow ever since Oklahoma became a state. You mean they're real wild Indians, just like in the moving pictures? Exactly, only more so. But what's all of that got to do with us? You boys are going to make peace with the Milwaukee for the people of Broken Elbow. And up until now, no white man has dared to enter their reservation. Well, you're crazy as a bed bug. You think I'm going to lose what hair I've got left. <laughs> now, look, Mr. Simpson. I don't understand all I know about your wild Indians. But I do know that you're talking to the wrong cowboy. Oh, oh but you boys don't understand. This running water has demanded the command performance of the riders of the purple stage. Hmm. He's an ardent radio fan of yours. Why, it's an unheard of act on the part of the chief. Hmm. Well, for my money, we're going to continue to be an unheard of act as far as the chief's concerned. Good boy, boy! Sorry, sorry, but we don't want any part of any wild Indian. Yeah, I'll chase Indians in Western pictures, but when it comes to the real McCoy, you can count me O-U-T out. Oh, Oh, and by that decision, you are endangering the lives of every man, woman, and child in Broken Elbow. Well, how's that? Well, this particular tribe of Indians have never accepted civilization, and they stay mad at the white man constantly. Why, it's been going on for almost 15 years. Your boys refuse to keep, and it may put them on the warpath. Well, it uh, kind of looks like you have us on the spot. Well, I'd rather be on the spot than in the fire. <laughs> Why, the chief even wants to make you boys honorary Indian chief. Well, uh, if he's friendly towards us, then maybe this thing wouldn't be so bad. Oh, that's the spirit, that's the spirit. <laughs> Why, the chief has been one of your radio missions for years, and when you boys put on a show for him, he will need peace and life in Broken Elbow County. Well, what do you boys think? Now, let's don't rush into this thing head first. No, let's, let's think it over. Fine. All right, Mr. Simpson, we'll do it. <laughs> When do we visit the chief? I'll make arrangements for tomorrow afternoon. And you can put on your show tomorrow night. Good. We'll see you then. Oh, thank you, boys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, that's all right, pal. But give me back my hand, will you? Goodbye, boys. Broken elbow is saved. Saved. Do you hear me? Saved. 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 Well, boys. This is going to be something new for us. Yeah, we're going to be made Indian chiefs anyway. Yeah, well, I'd rather be just a plain old guitar picker myself. Yeah, me too. Say, Ken, you haven't had much to say. What do you think of it? Whoopee. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I, I feel the same way, Ken. You know, I had an ancestor once who was a principal character at a big public function given by the Indians. Right in the middle of the ceremony, the platform fell down. Did he fall to the ground? No. The rope stopped him. Come to think of it, uh, how do the Indians make you a chief? Well, I don't know exactly. I reckon something like my grandpa was made a duke. The king just touched grandpa on the head with a sword, and that's all there was to it. Made him a duke, just like that. Yeah? You know, I had a great uncle once. An Indian chief touched him over the head with a tomahawk and made him an angel. <laughs> Come on, boys, let's get a good night's rest. Tomorrow we'll be Indian chiefs. <laughs> Well, boys, here we are at the Milwaukee Indian Reservation. That's the gate that leads into their property right there. Yeah, look at that big sign. No Washi Indian Reservation. Second-hand toupees for any occasion. So cheap. Uh -oh. oh. Hey, I hope we don't catch them short on supplies, because I ain't hankering to try to make a deal with me. Say, there's an Indian at the gate with a tomahawk. Uh, possibly a member of the welcoming committee. Well, we'll soon know he's motioning for us to stop. Yes, let me do the talking, boys. I understand most of their language. Okay. Oh, uh, 
Un parlez-vous français? Say, what's he saying? He says, home. Who goes there? I'll answer him. Ugg, flub, dub. Grim, Sam, onesie, twosie. Right into the purple stage. Off of the floor, And what did you say to him? I greeted him in the name of the Rider to the Purple Sage and asked him to let us in. Oh, you say, if say, on a day, at the Irish Ray, Erpo say, Aid say, Anke, go down, say, Afkanke, Amke. Say, what did he say? He said, enter. <laughs> Drive through, boys. Oh, <laughs> this is one of the happiest moments of my life. <laughs> Imagine being the first white man to go through the gates of the no washings and continue to breathe. <laughs> Why, it's never been done before. Say, look at all the teepees. This is just like an old-time Indian scene in the movies. Yeah, look at all them Indians. They're loaded down with war paint. I don't know whether I like this or not. Oh, I'm sure we'll say, boys. Just drive over there to that tent with the skull and crossbones on it. That's the chief's palace, according to directions. Uh oh, hold on to your scalp, boys. Anything can happen. Yeah, and it probably will. Hey, my head is. Well, it won't itch long. Here comes the chief out of his tent. You know, these Indians act like they've never seen an automobile. Well, they haven't. Now, remember, boys, let me do the talking here first. I'll make the formal introduction to the chief. He understands a little about language, I hear. Ugh. Ugh. Chief Running Water, welcome riders of Purple Sage. Ugh. How? How? Ugh. Now, that's an intelligent conversation if I ever heard it. Chief Running Water, me present to you rider of Purple Sage, Boy Willie. Heap big pleasure for me. Me, heap big too. Rider Al Chloe. How? Any way you want it, Chief. <laughs> this, Jimmy Dean. Uh, how? But who are you? Me? I, I Chief. I'm set to be the Simpson Secretary of the Broken Elbow Chamber of Commerce. You see, I'm the one... Ain't no right, Joe. Huh? Brave. Burn him at stake. Now, look here, Chiefy. Chiefy, you can't do this to me. I'm a friend of the lives of Purple Sage. That's right, Chief. Kill my friend. Who are you? Don't you remember? Me willing. Me willing to. Burn him at stake. Hey, it looks like the chief's getting mad. Yeah, they'll have to throw Simpson in the fire. Now, look here, Chiefy. I'll report this to my board director. <laughs> Me throw them in fire, too. Oh, oh boy, say, he's getting wild. We better try to do something yes. about this. Yes, do something. Uh, hit us the pit there, Jack. Cowboys and Indians, yip, 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 away. Calvin's using yelping, yip, yay. Paddles flying through the air, bullets buzzing here and there. Folks are hiding everywhere from the cowboys and Indians. Big Chief running water's running wild. Sitting bull ain't sitting, he's riled. Uh, curly Joe ain't curly anymore. They hung his scalp up on the wigwam door. Double up. Cowboys and Indians, yip, 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 away. Scalping, shooting, yapping, yip, in morning. <laughs> no, me Indian. Now, reservation yours. 
Tonight, big war dance. Riders of purple sage on our death. Scram! What does he mean? He means you should now have the run of the reservation until tonight, and there'll be a big war dance, Your Honor, so your boys do anything you wish. Well, I uh, reckon we might as well look this place over then. Oh, I see what I've been looking for all my life. Oh, what are you talking about? Look at that hunk of Pocahontas over there with that teepee. Oh, oh, oh that's Princess Napanee, the chief's daughter, boys. Say, she's a beauty. Now that makes this visit worthwhile. Oh, I'd be very careful. These Milwaukee's have some strange laws. Well, I'll take a chance. Now, just a minute. I saw her first. That's every man for himself, and right now I'm looking out after my interest. See you later. Now, that's a fine towel for you. Now, you'll learn something, Faith. Ugh. Me think you pretty Indian maid. Now, look, honey child. Me, you, war dance. Tonight, Savvy? If you and you are trying to say you'd like to take me to the war dance, then I would be very pleased. Well, what do you know? You speak American. Oh, yes. I'm a graduate of Oklahoma University. You could have fooled me. I was hoping you wouldn't be so smart. That's what I thought you were hoping. Then I'd better take time to figure out a different approach and call for you later in the evening. I'll be down to get you in a taxi, honey. Now, where do you reckon Boy got off to? He's going to miss all this. Well, if you ask me, he ain't missing anything. Look over there at the edge of them trees. Why, that's a double-crosser. He told me that that Indian gal was married up to one of the braves and that we shouldn't have anything to do with her. We'd get her scalp lifted. Well, that was more than likely his way of keeping us away from it. I'll get it back on him one of these days. Look at him. I wonder if what... That's the sweetest little caboose. Papoose, that is. <laughs> that I ever saw, Napanee. Mm-hmm. You're nice to say that. But What do you mean, honey child? I am to be married to the brave of my father's choice. Oh, here he comes now, brave Yellow Dog. Oh, he would have to show up at a time like this. Well, hello, Yellow Dog. You must meet Mr. Willing. He's one of the boys that came here at my father's invitation. How are you, brave Yellow Dog? Yes, senor. Pretty good. How are you? <laughs> hey, Jack, you're on the wrong reservation. Well, Yellow Dog, I hope you don't mind my talking to your future bride. Oh, no, senor. Go right ahead. I got nothing to say to her. Going to snow to see you later, Napanee. Isn't he nice? Yeah, yeah, too nice. Got me worried. But I'll tell you, Napanee, I think you're making a mistake. Why, you could leave this reservation and marry yourself a man with a million dollars. Oh, money means nothing to me. My father has thousands of oil wells and millions of dollars. Then I'm the man you're looking for. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. We are of two different worlds. Well, it's true that you are a dark-skinned maid, but I'll turn brown to a darker shade. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's sweet of you. I'll paint my cheeks of an Indian red and then a great big old feather upon my head. <laughs> well, you'd better go over there. My father is about to speak. Oh, I'd rather stay here and talk with you, honey. I can't understand the old man any too well anyway. Oh, that would make my father angry. After all, you are a guest of honor. Oh, all right, but it's not what I'd rather do. Oh, they are your two friends. Well, I can do without them right now, too. It's about time you two showed up. The chief's about to say something. 
And I was just about to say something, too, until the chief started to say something. Yeah, and I'll bet you my guitar against yours, I can tell you what it was. Quiet, the chief's ready to talk. Americans! <laughs> we gather here to honor famous radio singers, writers of Purple Sage. Up, up, up! up. Ah. Al Slowey. Up! Jimmy Dean. Up! Boy, willing. Well, I guess you two characters can tell who rates around here. Well, that's funny. How come they're so excited about you? Yeah, I don't see why you rate any better than we do. Hey, come to think of it, that is funny. Listen, the chief's going to talk. Brave, your dogs have made supreme sacrifice. He have trade hands of my daughter, Napani. For guitar. Oh, good, good, good. What do you reckon he's talking about? Well, I don't know. I didn't swap my guitar to him. Something tells me this ain't going to work out just right. Brave boy willing will now come forward and bring guitar to complete deal. Did you hear that? Now, look here, Napani. What's this all about? The law of the Milwaukee Indian says that an Indian brave can exchange the hand of a bride for anything for which he holds greater respect. You mean that brave yellow dog has more affection for that guitar of mine than he does you? Yes. Isn't it wonderful? Why, well, I, I guess so. Look, uh, what if I refuse to make the trade? Well, they scalp you, of course. Oh, now let's see you get out of this one. Uh, look, boys, this ain't good. Where's that Simpson guy? Well, he's hiding in the back seat of the car. He's afraid they're going to burn him at the stake. Then you two guys sneak over to the car and start the motor. Now, what do you want us to do that for? Well, that's to take me away from here when I get a chance to make a break. Now, I mean, I'm going to leave with or without my scalp. You don't want to marry me? Now, look, honey, you're pretty. You got a lot of oil wells and silver dollars, but this ain't for me. Brave Fort Willing will come take hand of bride. Come on, boys, get the car started. Oh, oh, oh. Be right with you, Chief. Now, look, Napanee. Don't tell on me. Mm, my feelings are hurt. You're hurt? I'm about to lose my toupee. And it's not store bought. Yes. Well, here goes. Oh, I should have been smart like Ken Card and stayed in broken elbow. My son, I will now marry you, eat fine pale face, to my Napanee. Now, now, wait just a minute, Chief. Let's talk this over. We talk after wedding. But I think Brave Yellow Dog should have Napanee for his bride. Oh, no, senor. All I want is that guitar. You can have Napanee. <laughs> uh, all right, Chief. I reckon I'm licked. Hey, I'll go get the guitar. I'll be back in a few minutes. Me send Brave for guitar. You stay here. Marry Napanee. But, but, Chief, uh... It's locked up in the case, and besides, I'd like to say goodbye to it. Brave will crack lock on case. You stay here, Mary Napanee. Now, now, just a minute, Chief. Let's talk this whole thing over. We'll talk after wedding. Oh, all right, Chief. I reckon you got me. Ceremony will begin. Braves will bow down and kiss ground. Now, why do they want to kiss the ground? If you don't want to marry me, you can make your escape while they're kissing the ground. Good for you, Napanee. I won't forget you for this. Are you sure you don't want to marry me? You look awful good to me, honey, but not that good. Oh. Well, goodbye. You must hurry before they arrive. And run fast. Watch my smoke, honey child. Just watch my smoke. Clear the way, boys. <laughs> Thank you.
Palisades got away, but they'll return with another song of the West in a few moments. out of the West with a real song of the West. America's great Western singing stars, the Riders of the Purple Sage, with another of your favorite ballads of the wide open spaces. Cool Water. All day I face the barren way without the taste of water. Until then, this is Foy Willing speaking for Al Floyd, Jimmy Dean, and all of the writers of the Purple Sage saying so long and good luck to you all. From Hollywood, you've heard your all-star Western theater, a VMA production starring America's great Western singers, Foy Willing and the writers of the Purple Sage. My name is Cotton Steve Clark, inviting you to be with us again next week for your all-star Western theater. Victor survived that because it's not his kind of music. That was harsh. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to wait a second. I have to say that's not Jimmy Dean from Rebel Without a Cause, is it? Uh, yeah. It is. Yeah. Really? He was a, he was a cowboy before he was a rebel. <laughs> um, I guess <laughs> he's Jimmy Dean's done lots of things. Has he? Uh, uh, yeah. And I didn't know he could sing. 
Yeah. Wow. I'm learning more and more each day. Um, I did think that guy was annoying, though. The, yeah. The struggling guy. Yeah. Yeah. And and broken elbow, Oklahoma. I didn't notice that the other day, but you know that's made up. <laughs> you think? But I don't know. It could be because we've got down here in Tennessee, we got some weird roads. Uh, there There is a road somewhere between here and where I grew up uh-huh. called Buttermilk Road. Well, that's interesting. And then I used to live in a town that had a road called Stinking Creek Road. <laughs> what? I, I kid you not. Well, you guys have some interesting uh, cities, too, like Intercourse and uh, what was the other one? I think Orgasm or something like that. Okay. That wasn't that's not that's not us. Well, yeah, yeah maybe <laughs> it is. You, you Americans are pretty progressive. Oh well, Americans. Well, yeah, I guess. Uh-huh. But <laughs> I, I don't think Tennessee's gone there yet. Um, but anyway, uh, getting on with the show. Our next show is a children's show, and it comes from um. A program called Let's Pretend. And I thought some of you older folks might remember it back when you had children or back when you were children. And uh, thought you might like it for your grandchildren. Um, but anyway, let me know if you like it, if you don't like it, or what have you. But um, I think the one I picked for this week is, is Bluebeard. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. But anyway, y'all kick back and enjoy Bluebeard. Huh. What happened? Not exactly sure. following radio programs are original broadcasts. Oops. (laughs) While enhancements have been made to the audio for clarity and listener enjoyment. No other edits are... My mistake. We'll play. We're playing Let's Pretend for sure. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it doesn't seem to want to play. Hmm. Well, it played the other day. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Uh, Bear with me here a second. You just want to jinx me, that's all. You think? Yeah. Okay, here we go again. (laughs) (laughs) 
Huh. Well, I'll have to mess up the way I... We can, um, we can go to the next one and then I can go find another one and put it in the... No. No, I'm going to get this playing if it's the last thing I do. Well, it just might be. <laughs> it doesn't seem to want to go. Shoot, it messes up my Sunday. Oh. <laughs> well, it messes up my uh, reputation here. <laughs> oh. Well, we'll see that it's intact. Um, I can, I'll go up and get another one while the next thing is playing. How about that? Um, okay. Oh, you don't seem happy. It's not your fault well, if it won't play. Well, I'm wondering if it'll do this for all of them now. Mm. We well, may have to preempt the program. I don't know. Which one do you want to play now? Well, let's, um, let's play the, the, the hermit's cave. Okay. The one I was going to end it with. Okay. All right. Here we go. The Mummers in the Little Theater of the Air. Windows are locked. I can't get them open. 
use if I could get them open. It's too far to jump. Why am I locked in? Lenore. Lenore. I hear you calling me, Lenore. I hear you calling. I hear you. But they won't let me out of this room. I'm locked in. you do, Miss Dawson, for upon your understanding of the case, will his recovery largely rest? Yes, sir. You've brought your credentials with you? Yes, sir. May I see them? Oh, they're right here in my purse. Just a minute, I'll find them. Yes, here, Mr. Judson. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is right. Miss Marion Dawson, registered nurse, and a letter of recommendation from Dr. Simmons. Yes, sir. Yes, I think you do very nicely. You look very capable and professional. Thank you, sir. Did Dr. Simmons explain anything about the case to you? Well, not very much, Mr. Judson. He only said that your brother was suffering from shock and that I... That's all right. I'll explain the case to you. Yes, sir. Before I take you up to his room... Oh, I'm sorry. I haven't been very thoughtful. Won't you remove your hat and coat? Thank you. Here, let me help you. Now, well, you look even more professional. There's something about a white uniform that does give a person prestige. I came dressed to go on duty immediately. Dr. Simmons said that you'd want me to. You did quite right. Now, sit down, won't you? Thank you. Now, Miss Dawson, it's my only blood relation living that you heard calling for help from upstairs. My brother, whose life I value more than mine. Yes, sir. Last night... We buried his wife. Oh. He'd only been married to her a month. How tragic. Well, death is not always tragedy, but this death happened to be. For Lenore was not only young, but beautiful. My brother and I were traveling when we met her six weeks ago. Oh. A young girl, without family, but a charming girl, nevertheless. Arlo fell desperately in love with her. In two weeks, they were married. We returned to our country estate here. A week later, she was taken ill. Last night, we buried her. It's awful, isn't it? Well, no wonder your poor brother's mind is deranged. You have not heard all the tragedy yet. She suffered from a strange malady. Because of it, my brother was not allowed to see her from the hour she was taken ill. I see. I could not have my brother's life endangered. Naturally not. We allowed no one to see her. Dr. Simmons attended her. When she died, we buried her without ceremony and immediately. I didn't allow even the servants to come in contact with some 
strange disease which might sweep us all to death. But you... Yes, yes, I cared for her. The hours of my life may be counted right now, as well as those of Dr. Simmons. But that doesn't matter. It's my brother Arnold with whom I'm concerned. That's why I've called you in to care for him. Yes, sir. And this is the point that you must understand. My brother Arnold doesn't realize that Lenore is dead and buried. That's not unusual, sir. Many people are like that about death. They won't accept it or believe it. I've had to lock him in his room, bolt down the windows, to keep him from rushing out to find her. Perhaps if he'd seen her dead, sir, he forget, she died of some strange malady. That was impossible. Yes, yes, of course. The worst part of it is that he keeps thinking he hears her calling to him, claims that he hears her voice. That's why he wants to get out of his room and go to her. That's why you'll have to watch over him, carefully. Don't allow him out of your sight. Humor him, but guard him carefully. Remember, my brother's life and sanity may depend upon the good care you give him. I'll do my best, Mr. Judson. I'm sure you will. You realize that I love my brother. You'll be well paid for your services on this assignment, Miss Dawson. All I ask is that you carry out my orders explicitly. Don't let him out of his room or out of your sight. Now I'll take you up to him. If you'll just come along this way. Open the door. Open the door, Bruce. Open this door. It will be your duty to get him to quiet down. Keep him from pounding on this door. Yes, sir. I presume that Dr. Simmons suggested that you give him sedatives. I'll get him quiet, sir. Open the door. If you don't open it this minute, I'll smash the windows. I'll jump to the ground. Let me out. I'll unlock the door now. I'm going to unlock the door now, Arnold. Get away from the door. Let me out. I've got to go to the door. Now, step back, Arnold. Bruce, where is she? She's been calling to me. Why did you lock that door? Let me go to her. Go lie down on your bed, Arnold. No, never. Don't you understand? Lenore has been calling for me. She needs me. Come now, lie down. Won't you lie down and rest, sir? Who is she? This is Miss Dawson, Arnold. She's come to care for you till you're well again. I'm not ill. It isn't I, it's Lenore. And you won't let me go to her. Bruce, why are you doing this? Unlock the door and let me go to her. There, now, it's all right. Everything's all right. Miss Dawson will care for you. You'll get a good rest. And when you wake up, you'll feel a lot better. Your brother's right. I'll leave you now. It's 8 o'clock. I'll have your dinner served in here immediately. If you need me for anything, I'll be down in the library until near 11 o'clock. Then I'll retire. Yes, sir. My room is the fourth one down on the right. Call for me if you need me during the night. I will, Mr. Judson. Wait a minute. Don't go, Bruce. Tell me, well, you know, Laurie's. What is it that's wrong? Why can't I see her? Why have you locked me in here? I've tried to tell you, Arnold. You won't believe me. Perhaps Miss Dawson can explain after I leave. Ring this buzzer if you need to get out of the room. You understand, Miss Dawson? Now get away. Get away from the door, Arnold. He's locking the door again. He's locking us in. He knows what's best. 
Now, come, lie on your bed. No. I'm going to give you something so that you can rest. What's wrong with Lenore? Lie down on your bed and I'll tell you. She's ill. And they won't let me see her. Here. I want you to take some of these tablets. I won't take any medicine. I'll get a glass of water. I tell you, I won't take anything that will make me sleep. Lenore is calling to me. She needs me. Now, take these, please. They won't make you sleep. They'll just calm your nerves. Take them and well, I'll tell you about Lenore. Have you seen her? What is it that's wrong? Take these tablets first. All right. There. That's it. Are you here in the house to take care of her? What's wrong? Lie down now. Yeah, that's better. You promised to tell me. Close your eyes. I'm going to turn off the light so that you can rest. Answer me. Don't you understand? Your wife was very ill. She suffered from a disease that was contagious. Your brother couldn't let you see her. But now she's out of her pain. You see... No, she's not dead. I know she's not dead. It's hard to believe, I know. She's not dead, I know that. Listen. You hear that? You hear that? No, sir. I hear nothing. You must hear it. It's Lenore. She's calling to me. All day she's called to me. All last night, all the hours of the night she's called to me. She's calling now. Can't you hear her? She's still in this house. She's not dead. She's in this house and she's calling to me. Calling to me. here beside your bed. What's happened? You've been asleep. Asleep? How long? It's nearly midnight. You've been sleeping since I first came into the room. You gave me medicine. You forced me to sleep. You needed the vest. Where's my brother? He's retired, sir. The whole house is quiet. If you'd like me to get you something to eat, no, I'll... but I've got to get out of here. What's that? Listen. What was that? It sounded like someone at the door. It is. Open the door. It may be Lenore. I don't hear her calling, but it may be her. It can't be her. But I'll see who it is. Who's there? Unlock the door. I have to ring for your brother if I want the door unlocked. I have no key. Who's there? Who's outside the door? Is it you, Lenore? Why don't you answer? I guess we must have been mistaken. There's no one outside the door. Someone knocked at the door. I think we must have been mistaken. Listen. There is someone outside. What? They're tapping on the door again. It does sound like it. But when I called, there was no one there. Look. Look. Yes. Yes, I am. Doesn't it seem to you as if the door was slowly opening? Yes, it is. It's like it was opening all by itself. 
But the door is locked. Well, that may be, but that door is opening all by itself. How can it be? Look. Look. Standing in the doorway. It's Lenore. Oh, great heaven. Lenore, you're not dead. You're here. They told me you were dead. Lenore. She's leaving again. Where are you going? Wait. Wait. She's vanished. She just vanished, but, but now look. She's standing at the head of the stairs. She's waiting for me to follow her. Lenore, I'm coming. I see you. Stop! Oh, Mr. Judson, help! Come here, come here quickly! He's gotten out of the room! Oh, Mr. Judson, please, please come quickly! What is it, Miss Dawson? Well, what is it? Oh, Mr. Judson, he's gone down the stairs. What? Are you sure, sir, that... But Lenore is dead? Of course I'm sure. What are you talking about? I don't know, sir. But a woman dressed all in white just stood in the doorway of your brother's room. She moved down the hall and now he's gone to follow her. He said it was Lenore. Hurry. Hurry, stop him. Don't let him get away. It can't be Lenore. She's dead. Dead. Hurry, we've got to get Arnold back to his room. Back to the house, Arnold. 
She disappeared. You didn't see anyone, Arnold? Yes, I did. I saw Lenore. That's the nurse. She knows. Lenore stood in the doorway of my room. She beckoned me to follow her all the way down the road. Now she's vanished here in the park somewhere. Don't you realize, Arnold, that Lenore is dead? She couldn't have stood in your doorway. She couldn't have beckoned you out of the house. She's dead. She wouldn't speak to me. She just waved for me to follow her. And now she's gone. We must get my brother back to the house, Miss Dawson. Yes, sir. Now, come, Arnold. We're going home now. We'll take you home now, Arnold. You and I must have been mistaken. We didn't see anyone. No. We were not mistaken. For look. Look. Up ahead of us. <gasps> Lenore. There she is again. Great heaven. I see you. Wait for me. I'm coming. Stop him. Stop him. We've got to stop him. We can never catch him this time. He's running so fast. Oh, he mustn't go that way. No. No. Arnold. Arnold, wait for us. Wait. Look, Mr. Jackson. Look where he's going. I see him. He can't go that way. No. Arnold, stop. You can't go there. No. We've got to stop him. He can't go there. We must stop him. Wait, let go of me. Let go of me. You can't stop me now. I'll not let you go in that vault. Let go of my arm, Bruce. You can't stop me. Lenore went in there. I'm trying to save you for your own good. For the sake of the sanity of your mind. Your wife lies in her coffin in that vault. You couldn't have seen her. She didn't beckon you to come here. It's just a trick of your mind. I'm going into this vault. You can't go inside. She died of a contagious disease. You may get it too, Arnold. Nothing can stop me now. I'm going inside. Lenore. Where are you, Lenore? Come back out there. You'll only find her lying in there dead. We'd better follow him. He's likely to faint when he sees her. Arnold, come out here. Forever. 
She fell in love with Arnold. Not me. Now she's dead. Forever. Sure, I planned it, plotted it. It worked out. The medicine I gave her made her sleep the sleep of death. And we buried her alive. <laughs> we buried her alive. <laughs> buried her alive. <laughs> for his crime. <laughs> Turn on your lights. Turn them on. <laughs> I'll be back. Pleasant dreams. <laughs> mentioned in the hermit's cave are fictitious, and similarity to persons, places, or occurrences is purely accidental. Well, folks, I hope you liked that. Hermit's cave has always been one of my very favorites, and um, that was called Buried Alive. We, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> and because uh, we had that tech hiccup, but uh, we we're... we are ready to try that. Let's pretend again. Yeah, well, I tried it before I put it in the folder, so it should work for you. I have faith in my IT guy, so really, yeah, <laughs> really. All right, well, we'll, we'll keep going. <laughs> maybe maybe we... that will counteract whatever I said that you said was harsh while ago. I don't even know what it was now. Oh, no, no. I mean, the, <laughs> the, the story and the sound and the plot was harsh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not, not what you said. <laughs> oh. But no, uh, no, I, I, I particularly didn't like that particular story. That's oh. What. This this one I liked actually. There's, uh, I think I mentioned to you the other day. There's an actual movie called Buried Alive, starring Tim Matheson and Cheryl yeah. Fenn, I believe. But um, it's uh, the same premise, but the guy is the one buried alive in that movie, uh, not the girl. Well, there's and, also a show uh, on oxygen. I was going to say it was called Buried Alive, but it's not. It's called Buried in the Backyard. <laughs> and Wow, that's gruesome. It's supposed to be true stories of where they've 
uh, found people that have been buried in somebody's backyard. And I couldn't watch too much of that because that was real or supposed to be real. But anyway, now let's try Let's Pretend. Well, I have a question, Jill. Um, I mean, what, was it me or was that hermit kind of an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, hermits generally are, see what, they're, they're, you know, they're secluded. They're off to themselves. And, uh-huh. you know, they're never around people. That was the premises, you know. And right. so then they get, so, you know, they get a little bit crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Definitely. Um, okay. We're ready to try if you aren't. I don't know if this is going to work again, but here we go. And it's not working. Now that is just plum weird because it worked when I played it. From my uh, uh, you know, watch I checked it out and went out before I put it in a Dropbox folder. Really? Yeah, I always check things out before I put them in the folder for you because I don't want you looking like an idiot. <laughs> 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 Okay. Um, let me see if I can get the one that's in Dropbox. Oh, well, I sent you a text ah, and is. told you. Here we go. Did okay. you not? Did you not now get my text? Now we're definitely gonna try it. Did, yeah, did, no, I know this is the one. I just got it out of Dropbox and. Oh. Okay. Yeah, but here, here let's try this. This time, I mean, I, 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 I have to be an IT guy for a reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. It's not playing. <sighs> well, I don't know. I don't know either. But at the very least... Uh, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, if you were hoping for a children's uh, program at this point, I deeply apologize. I don't know what's going on with that file. And and it's obviously there's something wrong with it or something went wrong. Um, however, um, as 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 a payback monica maybe we can offer a a whole episode f- with children's stuff a whole episode of children's programs oh you mean oh i thought oh i'm sorry i got you my mind was uh well if if i can find um you mean like next week do a whole episode of children's programs? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'll try to find that there's a few. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it can't be that hard to find. No. Um because um, there's cinnamon bear and 
and there's yeah well I'll, I'll work on that okay so do you want to play oh, the last uh yeah and then i can go up and get something else yeah uh -huh. i can find a children's thingy okay and then we um, might not have to have an old a whole episode of, devoted uh, of children's yeah uh, i mean we yeah i mean we we can but you know i like to mix it up i know i know i uh, just but, thought you know i promised if if people wanted to introduce their children to old time radio yeah um i offered okay not, we'll, well, well i i put it in the description as uh as uh possibly letting the kids listen to this one but hey you know uh technical glitches don't always go our way no but because if they did do? they wouldn't be glitches <laughs> that is very true that is very true so having said that do you want to move on to luke slaughter yeah uh luke slaughter and luke slaughter of tombstone he's a marshal and um i'll go up and see if i can find something to replace that and then next week we'll do children's episodes well you don't you don't actually have to replace it today i mean at this i mean we'll just cut the episode short this week i guess mm -hmm. well okay but i was willing I know, I know you were. I know, and I oh, applaud you. I applaud you for that. You just hurt my feelings all over the place. Uh, oh. Well, it looks like you deserve an Academy Award. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here we go with Luke Slaughter. Enjoy I'll share the money. I may. I'll share the money with you. I make off the Oscar. Oh well, there you go. Okay. Anyway, Luke, Luke Slaughter of Tombstone. I forgot what the episode's called. Uh, the Henry Fell story. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Here we go. Slaughter's my name. Luke Slaughter. Cattle's my business. It's a tough business. It's big business. I've got a big stake in it. And there's no man west of the Rio Grande big enough to take it from me. Luke Slaughter of Tombstone. Luke Slaughter of Tombstone. Civil War cavalryman turned Arizona cattleman. Across the territory from Yuma to Fort Defiance, from Flagstaff to the Huachucas, and below the border through Chihuahua and Sonora, his name was respected or feared, depending on which side of the law you were on. Man of vision, man of legend, Luke Slaughter of Tombstone. <laughs> The 
folks who write dictionaries must have a pretty tough time with the word tolerance. I guess if you had to boil it down to just one other word, it'd need to be understanding. Some of us here in Tombstone found that out when I gave Chief Margano and a few of his Apache braves the loan of a couple of sections of my spread to try their hand at cattle raising. And I got chewed out plenty about it every time I went into town. Well, you call it an experiment, Slaughter. I call it an invitation to those sneaking Apaches to murder you. Well, they're living on my spread. Don't you figure it's my business? Ah, they won't stop with you. Once they smell white blood again, they'll massacre everybody in Tombstone. Look, Mr. Vale, Margano's through making war. He's trying to understand our ways. He's even trying to get his people to adopt some of them. Uh, Well, they adopted guns quick enough, but they'll never be cattlemen. This was their country before it was ours. They've got a right to be part of its progress. You can't just shut the Apaches up on a reservation and forget them. Oh, maybe we can't forget them. But if we drive them back to the Chiricahuas, we'll at least have some warning when they strike. They aren't going to strike. Margano and I have sort of a, you know, sort of a private treaty. Margano's a senile old fool. You got a private treaty with that trigger-tempered son of his? Lasher. I like him, too. He's intelligent and he's got spunk. Spunk my foot. Luke, Luke, I've been looking all over for you. I want you to make the acquaintance of Mr. Henry Fell from back east. Fell, this here is Luke Slaughter, my boss. And this here is Carter Vale, another big man in these parts. Howdy. Uh, A distinct pleasure, gentlemen. Indeed it is. So, you're from back east, Mr. Fell. Yes, indeed. Boston. You know, boys, Mr. Fell here... Can outdraw any man in the place. Oh, well, he can, my guy. Yes, yeah, sir. I bet a month's wages he can even outdraw you, Luke. I'm afraid neither Mr. Fell nor myself have any special reason for drawing. Well, he's got plenty of reason. Oh, not necessarily against you, of course. He'll take on all comers. You think you could outdraw me, Fell? I have very little doubt of it, Mr. Fell. With what? You aren't even packing an iron. Well, you want to take him on, Mr. Vale? Why, he'll even furnish the weapons. Let's, uh, let's just forget about it, gentlemen. Forget it, nothing. Well, may as well learn some of the facts of life in the Arizona Territory. Exactly what I came to do, Mr. Vale, to learn them and record them for posterity. All right. I doubt that you'll ever record this incident, but you can start by trying to outdraw me. With Mr. Fell's weapon? Yep. Hold on. Why spill blood over a silly barroom challenge? Now, you've been implying that I shouldn't mix in your business, Slaughter. Well, this is mine. Well, correct. Now, Mr. Vale thinks he can outdraw Mr. Fell. I and Mr. Fell don't think he can. And the loser buys a round for the house. Splendid. I don't indulge, but I shall be delighted to stand treat if I lose. You ridiculous little dude. All right, let's see the gun. I'm unwrapping the weapons. Nobody mentioned guns. You draw with these, Vale, and here's yours, Fell. Hmm. Paper and a piece of charcoal. What is this? Why a outdrawn match? One, two, three, draw. <laughs> we should have both been wise to Wichita Vale. He's got a sense of humor like a cow buffalo. Watch Mr. Bell, Luke. Ain't he the cleverest? Nose flaring, lips tight, chin craggy. How? Hey, wait a minute. Is that supposed well, to hurry be? Hurry up and draw something, Vale. He's almost done. Come on, Vale. I'll be doggone, Vale. It's a spitting image of you. Hmm. There we are. Yeah, yeah. Well, looks like you're stuck for the drinks, Mr. Vale. Well, now look here. When a man challenges me to 
If anybody thinks this is a laughing matter... Oh, now, there is no offense intended, sir. You you are more than welcome to the little sketch, and I shall be delighted to purchase the libation. I don't welcome a bet. Frank, set him up for the house. (laughs) You're a good sport, Vale. And it's a mighty good likeness, too. I guess I will take the picture home with me, uh, pal. Mrs. Bale is, uh, well, women sometimes enjoy a doodad like this. Luke, you know what Mr. Fell's doing here in Tombstone? Yeah, keeping you in free drinks. No, sir, he's... <laughs> well, that too. But he come west to paint engines. Yeah, well, the engines do their own painting with war paint. Slaughter and I were just talking about that. We weren't getting anywhere either. War paint? I understood that the treaties with the Apaches were working out nicely. They are, and the white men live up to them. Well, that is practically treason against your own race, Slaughter. If it's treason to compare some members of my own race with Indians like Cochise and Margano, well, I'm guilty. Tell us a little more about what you plan to do, Mr. Fell. Well, I want to paint the strong Indian faces, their customs, the way they live. The people back east have some amazing misconceptions about them. They're so his Slaughter. He trusts them. I'm trying to understand them. Anyway, Mr. Fell... There are some very interesting and colorful Apaches living on my spread. You'll have models for all the painting you want to do. And the Apaches will have a brand new candidate for buzzard bait. This here's powerful hard work, Luke. I know you don't feel right out of the saddle, Wichita, but we're going to need this corral. Oh, hello there, Rick. Ah, good morning, Vale. Morning, Slaughter. Wichita. Howdy. How'd the missus like your picture? Well, uh, she, uh, she wants your friend Fell to uh, paint one of her. You know where I can find him? I'm afraid he isn't available today. I took him out to the Apache camp at sunrise, loaded with paints and brushes and canvas. He was happy as a chipmunk in opinion for it. Slaughter, a tenderfoot like Fell could be just a fuse to set your Apaches off. Suppose he tries to paint one of their women. Chief Margano explained about that to him. He said, a woman who gazes too long at a reflection in a clear stream forgets her life's purpose. <laughs> Them Apaches got the right idea about their women, folks. How to marry one make her hammer this corral together. <laughs> what are you building the corral for, Slaughter? So Morgano won't steal your Mustangs? Well, for once you came sort of close to trapping me. I'm going to try to improve the range Mustangs with some Morgan breeding stock. I figure there's no use tempting Lasher and his young buck friends way beyond their conception of our property laws. Uh, you and your fancy talk about your Apache friends. You don't trust them any more than I do. Sure I do. I just don't expect them to understand a whole new code of ethics overnight. Uh. Hey, somebody's sure pounding a lot of leather. Yeah, it sounds... Look, Wichita, it's fell on that little roan we left out there for him. Well, I never thought a dude like him could ride. Slaughter, he's in trouble. Oh, oh, I got it. Oh. Steady. Oh, steady. Huh. Wichita, help him off. Sure, sure. Wait, huh. Mr. Fell, what happened? Your clothes is ripped. That mare's lathered up like you was going to shave her. Uh. Yeah, that's all right, I guess. I I saved most of my paints from this canvas. Mr. Slaughter, those Indians are far from friendly. What? They sat upon me. 
The one you call Lasher and another redskin blackguard. I told you they'd do it, Slaughter. They'll be coming after us if we don't go after them first. Hold it, Vale. Let's find out what started the trouble. Nothing I did, I assure you. I was painting a portrait of the old chief with his permission. Lasher and this other young buck came up and he took one look and knocked me to the ground. Well, how'd you get away? Well, for the moment, the old man seemed as surprised as I was. This Lasher rushed to him, started a jabber in what I assume was Apache, and I wrenched loose. Grabbed what I could and somehow mounted this horse. Fortunately, the Indians' horses were still hobbled. The miserable sneaking cowards tried to murder you in cold blood. Don't be too sure. Maybe this was Lasher's idea of a prank. Oh, I doubt that. Lasher's friend, who I alluded with the aid of an elbow to his Adam's apple, was holding a knife to my throat at the same time. Yeah, that is a nasty cut on your arm. Well, that was a nasty knife. You'll have to take care of that wound right away. Is the picture you were painting? Yes, it's a bit the worse for wear, but I can repaint the smears. Well, that's Margano's profile, all right. Except you made him look almost decent. All right, Slaughter. I'll head for Tombstone and get the men together. What for? What for? To drive those Apaches back to the Cherokawas. There's any left when we finish with them. This happened on my property. As soon as I get Fell fixed up, I'll ride out and get the whole story. A white man has been attacked. It doesn't matter whose property it happened on. It's a matter of defending the community now. You listen to me, Vale. You fire a shot or even go near Mark. Kind of... Big sand, men. It's an engineer. Get that stack of rails. Crawford. Up there on the rise, a mounted Apache. Vale, don't fire. Uh, try and stop me. I'll you... do. Go... Keep his gun for him, Wichita. Oh. Lasher. Have you gone loco? I've come from White Eyes Picture Maker. I will not harm you. Are you alone? I am alone. Then drop that bow and ride to me. Send white eyes fell to me. He is our enemy. Enemy? Lasha, either parley like a man or send your father. I warn you, Hustine Slaughter. Turn fell loose or I will come back with my braves and take him. I wouldn't try that. I give you until the sun is at its highest. Then we'll come back for the white eyes. We only got to noon, Luke. There's 20 braves in the camp, and plenty of them got rifles. Vale could round up more men than that. I'm not going to let this turn into war. Luke, did you ever stop to think that maybe you could be wrong about engines? In a moment, Luke Slaughter of Tombstone returns. This is Bud Sewell with official results on the automobile competition the whole industry watches every year, the famous Mobile Gas Economy Run. This year's run, 1,883 miles from Los Angeles to Texas, ranging from sea level through mountain passes. And once again, Chrysler Corporation cars took the lion's share of firsts. Plymouth, Chrysler, and Imperial, again this year for the second straight year, winning first place over all other cars in their class in the famous Economy Run. Imperial, by the way, was sweepstakes winner, too, getting 62.7188 ton miles per gallon. The forward look is a lot more than look. You get a better engine, brawnier brakes, torsion air ride at no extra cost, and winning performance and economy in cars of the forward look from Chrysler Corporation. Take a drive this week in a car of the forward look. Plymouth, Dodge, DeSoto, Chrysler, or the triumphant Imperial. Drive one of America's performance winners from Chrysler Corporation. And now, 
Act Two of William N. Robeson's production of Luke Slaughter of Tombstone. Carter Vale came to in a fury. Swore to drive the Apaches back to the mountains. He swore he'd settle with me after he'd done it. Then he mounted his big stallion and spurred back toward Tombstone to recruit men and guns. Luke, he's mad enough to eat the devil with his horns on. And I ain't so sure he ain't got a case. He will have. If Lasher brings his braves back to take fell. If I had incited those Indians, I'd tell you, Mr. Slaughter, but I assure you I was attacked without provocation. Let me see your painting of Chief Margano again, Phil. Whatever you're going to do, Luke, do it pronto. This is good. You've captured the strength of his profile and courage in his eye. This ain't no time to act like one of them art critic dudes. We're two hours away from being caught in a war. I once saw the funeral rites for an old chief of the Chittimacha tribe in the Louisiana Territory. His son was very much concerned about the way the body was laid out on the funeral pyre. So that when the dead warrior met the great spirit... Phil, could you make another portrait of Margano from memory, posed as I tell you? Certainly. I have his features fixed in my mind. I, I wouldn't need a model. Let's go up to the house, then. You've got a picture to paint. Phil painted a new picture of Margano... We rode to the Apache camp a little before noon. The picture was a gamble. But I had to force a parley or deal with a possible massacre. What if they ambush us? They won't. But you can bet that the Apache scouts are escorting us in. I certainly don't see them. An Apache could hide behind one of your paintbrushes. I wish you'd explain this picture fault around to me. We will, if it turns out I'm right. And if you ain't? Then we're all in a game of showdown for mighty big stakes. Now, pull down to a walk now. The camp's just the other side of this wash. Easy now, both of you. Don't let the welcoming committee scare you into a false move. What welcoming committee? I don't see no... Uh-oh. Right out of the mesquite. Oh, 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 boy. Margano and Lasha, wait. White eyes, come with me. We're all coming. That's the buck who slashed me, Mr. Slaughter. Don't worry. He's acting under Margano's orders now. It appears like we beat Vale here, anyhow. Not by much. See that Indian riding up to the edge of the mesa? Yeah, yeah. He's telling Larson and old Morgano something in sign language. White riders coming. Bound to be Vale and the men. Did anyone ever surprise an Apache? Never twice. Plenty far now. Oh, where are they? Oh. Dismount, men. It's time. Unbuckle your belt and let your guns drop, like I'm doing. But you... Do it. Margano, we come in peace. What of the others who ride toward us? I want this young brave in Wichita to ride out and meet them with a white flag. We'll use your shirt for that, Phil. <coughs> I gotta surrender without even my gun? My chief! Oh, Get started, oh. Wichita. And make sure that Vale's men walk their horses into this camp. Sure, all right, Luke. Now, Margano, Lasha, suppose you meet us halfway. We want no parley. Give us white eyes without a shirt. Lasha, you insult me when you insult my friend. Now walk towards us, both of you. 
Lasha will avenge his father. Avenge him for what? Your father is just as I saw him this morning. My son says, little man who draws with colored stick, tell lies to great spirit about Margano. Your son is wrong. I do not tell lies. You speak with a tongue that has no wisdom. You strike out like a child who can't reason. I'm a man. I've killed Zuni warriors and Yaki warriors. I have told my son that killing can no longer be the way of the Apache. He replies that even white men kill to avenge a wrong. The wise white man and the wise red man make sure a wrong has been done before they kill. Nothing should be decided in the heat of anger. We probably too long. White picture maker tell lies to great spirit. Order! Your hand in this like a... Hold it right there, Vale. Where are the rest of your men? Where they can cover this place with their guns. If you've crawled your way into a trap. I explained that you sent out the white flag, Luke. And don't ask me to drop my guns. I don't aim to die before I pump some lead myself. We've been having a little talk about hotheads. And now that the place is crawling with them, Mr. Fell and I'll show you how wrong you all are. Margano? Hustine Fell has a gift for you. I am not softened by a gift from one who lies. Fell does not lie. His gift is the rolled white cloth he carries. Give it to your Apache friend, Mr. Fell. Do not touch it, my father. Take it, Margano. It's your likeness. The likeness Hustine Fell had not yet finished when your son so stupidly attacked him. No. No, do not look upon it. All right, I'll make you look at it. Oh, my own son has told... <laughs> Lasha, behold. I? But this morning the picture had but one eye, but one ear, but half of a mouth. I told you, Lasha. Hustine fell had not finished. You think that a friend I brought to you would insult your great spirit and your father by drawing him with half a face when he has two eyes as piercing as the eagle's? My people shall remember their chief as they see him here. As Hostine Fell has painted him. Lasher was a fool. I will go from my people and never return. No, Lasher. Your father and your people need you. Today you've become wiser. The best thing now is to, well, just forget this foolish trouble. Now what are you doing? Hostine Fell has no shirt. He will do Lasher an honor if he will accept Lasher's shirt of ghosting. Why, I shall be very pleased. And you will make a picture of Lasha when there's no pain in your arm? Oh, my arm feels fine, Lasha. I'd like to paint you, and I can assure Mr. Slaughter that I will not attempt another profile. Profile? I do not understand. It's nothing, Lasha. Just a word painters use. Now, Vale, suppose you let your army know the war is over. I turned toward Vale. One time, the other young Apache was drawing his knife. I leaped for him. But Vale was off his horse in the same instant and hurling himself at me. Sorry, you fool. <clears throat> Mr. Vale, what'd you punch him for? You think I want him to start a war? Might help him up, Wichita. Anton, you go ahead and throw your knife. What? Well, Anton, It well... is an evil knife. Evil spirits bewitched it. It harmed a friend. Anton hurls it from him. You see, Luke, he wasn't aiming to harm nobody. You claim to be such an expert on Apache customs, Slaughter. And an expert on hotheads. And uh, now we're square for the punch you landed on me this morning. 
Right? <laughs> right, Will. I've been spouting about how tolerance and understanding are pretty much the same thing. I guess we both understand a little more about our neighbors. And if your jaw feels like mine, I guess from now on we're going to be a lot more tolerant of each other. Slaughter of Tombstone, starring Sam Buffington, was written by Fran Van Hartisfeld, with editorial supervision by Tom Hanley, and directed by William N. Robeson. Supporting Mr. Buffington were Junius Matthews, Carl Swenson, Ben Wright, Don Diamond, and Jack Crucian. Music was composed and conducted by Amerigo Marino. I couldn't sleep that night in Martin. My mother said, what was the matter with you? You looked like something wrong. I said, nothing. Nothing, he said. But there was something wrong. That night in the park, this boy and his juvenile gang had stabbed and beaten another teenager to death. The victim, Michael Farmer, son of a fireman. He was a very courageous, spirited boy. He was athletic. He was an excellent student. And we had great plans for his future. It's a hard thing to realize that there is no future any longer. For Michael Farmer's father, the future is blank. But for the rest of us, what implications does this crime hold? Tomorrow night, on most of these stations, CBS Radio's Unit 1 probes the causes and effects of the brutal New York gang murder for which four teenagers have just been tried and convicted. You'll hear gang members, police, parents, all probing for an understanding of the tragedy as Edward R. Murrow narrates Unit 1's penetrating study... Who Killed Michael Farmer? Tomorrow night. Next week at this time, we return with... Slaughter's the name. Luke Slaughter. When we meet up again, you can call me that. Luke Slaughter. This is the CBS Radio Network. Okay, folks. Hope you liked that. And that wraps it up for this week's... That was a good one. Yeah, I, and, I like and... him. It almost restored my faith in Americans. Oh. <laughs> almost. It almost restored my faith. Then I heard the Indians speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't have faith in Americans, what are you doing messing with me? <laughs> well, you know, it's like, I, well, I, I guess I guess there's exceptions to any rule of thumb. That's true. I, I had a I had a teacher that used to say that to me. She used to say, "MJ, for every rule there is an exception." 
Yeah, but Hurt. not every rule. Ox. <laughs> every rule of thumb, there's an exception, she said. <laughs> well, but it, okay, I'll, 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 I'll take your word for it. <laughs> but don't take my word for it. <laughs> That's. <laughs> I'm well, not sure. I'm not sure she's right either on that. But yeah. at that time, I thought she was. Sure. How old were you? I was 14. Uh, actually, she was talking about mobility. So, <laughs> and oh, okay. I, I think she might have been right there. She might have been, yeah. Cause sorry, I can only say I'm sorry, folks, and I'll. I hope it'll never happen again. Well, uh, it might. But I know remember, I can't make that sort of problem. You're dealing with a computer and you're dealing with programs and That's very true. Stuff happens, doll. Yes. That is true. That is true. And we're not gonna let you beat yourself up. No, no, I'll just do that on my own. <laughs> no. Don't do that on your own either. Well, all right. Shall we wrap it up? Anyway, folks, this is Victor and Monica saying bye for till next week. And I guess I know what my job is for the next week. I, I got to yes, come up with do. children's episodes. Boy, I tell you what, you better be extra kind to me. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, want to get if you want to get your kids interested in old time radio, uh, next week is the show to bring them. Yeah, on. yeah. And there are several kids programs out there. Yeah, uh, and also if you want Monica to feature any of uh, any particular shows, just leave it in the comments. Throw section. a comment. Yeah. Or, or send us an email or DM us on Twitter or Facebook. And uh, we'll try to find the show that you want us to play. And um, email uh, whose blind life is it anyway at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. Or um, you can email me. Coffee gal sixty two at gmail dot com. Wow, it seems like everybody's getting a Gmail account. But well, I have another one, but that's yeah. We're not going to touch that one. <laughs> no. Uh. -uh. Yeah. Anyway, y'all have a good week and give us comments. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you want, and I'll do my best to get it. See you next week, folks.